The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll, and it's Friday. So let's go with the Duff McKagan joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho. It's Duff McKagan calling you here. You know, I'm on my world for my tenderness album, Shameless Plug. Um, Susan says hi, by the way. I just want to say, uh, you know, I saw, I saw, I saw Shanae O'Connor in a bird watching hide uh, yesterday. And I, I asked her what activities she's seen. And she said, it's been 15 owls and 7J. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Yeah, that was a little bit of a stretch. But hey, anytime you get a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer giving us a joke of the week every single week for almost two years, uh, you got to thank him for that. But nothing compares to you, uh, Duff, and nothing compares to the joke of the week. Thanks to Duff for making us laugh every single Friday. And in honor of Canada Day, which is Monday, July 1st, it's Canada Day weekend. We're paying tribute to Canada's most loved band, the biggest band in Canadian history. That's right, bigger than Rush. It's true. The Tragically Hip, uh, the most popular and famous Canadian musicians to never really make it outside of Canada. That is the strange thing. We're going to talk about why uh, a more widespread popularity didn't happen for the hip with Greg LaGrosse and Jamie Dew, the hosts of the Fully and Completely podcast which is a pod dedicated completely to the tragic hip. Now, when I say they're huge in Canada, we're talking multiple arena shows in the same city in the same week. Uh, just a massive, massive band with tons of hits to their credit that no one really knows outside of, uh, of Canada and the northern United States, northern upstate New York and uh, Seattle and that sort of area. Uh, but they're very, very influential in Canada and uh, check out Fully and Completely if you want to know more about the Tragically Hip, the podcast. It's a great place to learn more about the hip and their music. And if you're not familiar uh, with the hip or Fully Completely, you can find it in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Listen to it wherever you listen to fine podcasts like Talk is Jericho. So coming up with Greg and Jamie, we'll get into the hip's music and live shows, the magnetic presence of lead singer Gord Downey, what made them so loved in Canada. And of course, we'll talk about Gord Downey's final days, uh, the last hip tour they did when Gord was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer, which we, he died 
died of in October of 2017. It's a great story, a great ballad about one of the greatest bands, not just in Canadian history, but of all time. If you haven't heard about them, trust me, you're going to want to hear them after this. Let's get into the tragically hip, the biggest band that you've probably never heard of unless you're from Canada. And if you're Canadian, they are godlike. And they're here. Uh, The legacy, the conversation, the songs, the music. Let's start it now on Talk is Jericho. All right. Burn blue on the street, loose and complete under sky, so smoky blue green. I can't foresee a Dixie did she, so it danced the sidewalk clean. Okay, so we've been, uh, uh, I've been going back and forth with um, a couple dudes, uh, have a, a tragically hip podcast, which might seem a little strange, except for the fact that. Uh, Tragic Hip is probably the biggest band, I'd say, in Canadian history, maybe? Absolutely. I think again, so. Have you guys just walked in the bus or just meeting for the first time? It's yeah. your name. Yeah, I'm Jamie Dew. Jamie and... Greg LeGrow. Jamie and Greg. And you, your, your podcast is fully, completely. Fully That's and right. completely. Fully That's completely. right, yes. Yeah. So, but the biggest Canadian band possibly ever? Yeah. I think Rush was that for a long time, but uh, as far as inside of Canada, there's nothing bigger than the hip. There, It's a, a beyond phenomenon. It's just something that's, kind of, I think, part of Canadian culture. Like right. Everyday life is the hip a little bit, you know? And, and one of those things, too, like we mentioned, we're talking about in Canada proper, yeah, not yeah. worldwide, because right. worldwide, there's a lot of bands. I mean, Rush is probably the biggest worldwide Canadian band. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, but hip, not so much. Yeah. Mostly just in this country. Yeah. Yeah, it's strange. I mean, this is a band that has done things that other bands in this country don't do. I don't know that Rush has platinum records in Canada, you know, like, um, like they've sold a million copies of a record and in this country give, give, give us some some stats yeah about, like about, about con- context wise <laughs> a million records in this country is mm-hmm. is a pretty big deal because yeah, a, yeah. A, a, a platinum record in canada is a hundred thousand that's right so to sell a million it's it's called a diamond diamond, diamond equivalent of 10 million in the states yeah. yeah which i mean at that point you're talking the level of gosh i'm trying to think of bands that have done you know 10 million well you're looking that's at really like uh, like like uh, uh, appetite for destruction that's yeah. right hysteria, hysteria the first yeah, yeah. van halen album that's right yeah, yeah. You know, joshua Sets, stuff like that uh, uh, whitney houston that level of so sales. Yeah. so when we say they're big here that's the level of big they are here they're right up there with all those other bands yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and as far as and is that just one album or is that quite a few of them uh, they quite, have quite a few. The run in the '90s, when they started to blow up in the end of the '80s, uh, right in right when I, when uh, the epic 1991, when all those big albums happened, you know, uh, the Black Album and uh, Use Your Illusions One and Two and Nevermind and all that was going on, the hip blew up here there uh, as well. What album was that with? Fully complete. Fully complete. Was, was a really big one. one. But Road Apples was before that, and it was a, a sizable hit. And the uh, the first full length uh, had uh, New Orleans is Sinking on it, which was a huge, huge, huge song. song. Might as well be the Blow National Blow It High Do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, so there was a string of, you know, bigger, 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 fully completely is kind of the, the apex moment. And then the next album, Day for Night, is a juggernaut, too. That's right. Yeah, it was just seven hundred thousand copies, yeah, something like is, that. Is fully completely though. That is that their. You know, you mentioned the black album. Is that their black album? Is that yeah, the, it's, never mind, the, it's, it's the biggest it's fan one. Favorite. It's the biggest one. It was. You know, there's tons and tons of hits. What on hits it. are on that one? Uh, Courage, locked in the trunk of a car, hundredth meridian, yeah, Wheat Kings, Wheat Kings, is, right? Yeah. yeah. So See, I mean, and that's the thing too about, about the hip. Um, 
and that's what they're called is the hip if you're in can if you're that's from right. canada they're, they're, right. no, the no, it's like it's like gnr you don't need to say the tragically right. <laughs> but you just mentioned okay let's go through some of the songs and and you know like uh, blow it high dough new orleans is sinking wheat kings 100th meridian 50s mission cap uh uh locked in the trunk of a car mm-hmm. uh, uh, uh what's those little bones little bones yeah yeah but all of these titles you know they got a little bit of a canadian slant Oh, they do. And the lyrics, they didn't start overtly Canadian. Not that the band has ever been just about Canadian content or anything like that, but they were rare in that they were not afraid to sing about Canadian topics or mention Canadian places or, you know, mythology or talk about hockey openly, you know, and make it not just like, (laughs) and not a novelty. It's like, you know, you listen to Iron Maiden and you would learn about Alexander the Great and the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Yeah. You listen to Tragically (laughs) Hip and you learn that, you know, Bill Barilko scored the the last last goal he ever scored, won the Leafs the Cup, and then he got lost in a plane crash in the woods or totally. something yeah yeah i've never right. heard of bill barilko they didn't know me either, until, no. they was, until they found the body and that's crazy and that's not and like in the, the approach of the lyrics for that song too he's reading just the back of the hockey card that's bill because he even says that card. i got these lyrics i got these lyrics from a yeah hockey yeah card. I got absolutely these, i got and, this from a hockey card it's no joke it's word for word and it's word for goes. it's exactly the card <laughs> yeah somehow it, makes that do you work know the story behind that did, did gord ever did he just couldn't think of a lyric and picked up the hockey card or what? Yeah, I don't know. Might so he saw. Like that. So he's yeah. He saw the hockey card and um, it, it. There there was recently a book that came out by Michael Michael Barkley, mm-hmm. and he talks about it a lot in this book. And Gord basically went to uh, the Toronto Reference Library because this is like 1993 or 1992, and you know there wasn't the internet, so he couldn't do research and he wanted to find out more about this Bell Barocco guy. And so he went to the reference library and he had to go into the basement of the Toronto reference library. And he's they're talking about him going through all this like microfiche and stuff like that, you know, to find to find out about a character in a song that he hasn't even written yet. You know, this is the kind of um, uh, tactic that he would use to, to write a song. And, and he talks about being alarmed, you know, like he, he was so into what he was doing that. Um, when somebody came downstairs, you know, and, and sort of tapped him on the shoulder, that he was actually alarmed, startled, <laughs> startled so because he was so into what he was reading. But yeah. I mean, it's eerie. Basically, this this kid shouldn't have been on this plane. He went on this plane uh, against his mother's best wishes, and you know, he's never seen again, right? And um, and, and he scored a goal in overtime or something yep. that won the Leafs the cup absolutely and yes. even just that line the Leafs we're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs we're so <laughs> Canadian right. here yeah. and this is what we're going to delve into throughout the course of this podcast because uh, what I want to really talk about is why did the hip never really make it outside of, of, of Canada mm-hmm. and that's not just like the states we're talking England oh, Australia yeah. like most bands you know I remember even like the, the Watchmen mm-hmm. were big in Canada and had a big following in Australia Sure. Oh, wow. It, you know, it, the the hip never had that. No. Now, and I remember I was working at Red River Community College in Winnipeg. I used to I used to do um, as a part time gig as a, a security at the at the functions that they would have at the college. And I remember the the, the 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 booker. She was a really cool chick, and she was super excited, and she was always really involved in booking whoever it was. I remember one of them that she booked is. Um, What's the guy? Uh, is a magician? Is it Jonathan the magician or some guy like that? That's a magician. He's actually performing in Vegas now. And oh. the other one that she talked about was, uh, I got this band. They're going to be the Rolling Stones of Canada. They're called the Tragically Hip. Huh. Oh wow! So I was actually it was Red River College, and I went eighty eight to ninety. So I'm going to say it was probably eighty nine. 
because that was right before. Yeah, that yeah, jives. Yeah, 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 that yeah, jives yeah. before they really happened. broke. Yeah, and they played the college, and it was you know it was a pretty rocking gig. And I yeah. my job was to, uh, you know, make sure the band was good backstage, make sure no one gets like I don't know who the hell they were, but you know, stand here, right, and you know if anything happens or whatever, stand there. But the th- and I was pretty. You know, it was rock and roll band. What's up, guys? And, you know, you get everything cool. And then uh, I, I remember they had beer. And it's like, you want a beer? <laughs> and uh, I had a beer with Gord and with uh, the guitar player, Rob Baker, the long black yeah, yeah, hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, no big story, but just, you want a beer? Sure, click it. Cheers. Have a good show. Yeah. But that was my one brush with greatness with, with, with Gord Downey <laughs> drinking a beer. When, I mean, I was 18 at the time. Gord probably was 23, 24. I mean, how old? Not much older not than much that, older yeah. Than, I mean, how old was yeah. he when he died? He was 53. So I'm 40, so five years older. So he was probably yeah. 23 years old. Yeah. But she was saying how the, the this band is going to be the next big thing. And for whatever reason, she called it and she was right. And, and, and basically out of the gates, like, what was their first record? They had uh, an EP, but their first one is called Up to Here. And it came out and in that's with 89. And right off the bat, I remember... I remember Blow It High Doe hearing that on the radio and it was a, a big hit basically right off the bat. Did right they away. did they make it that quickly all across Canada? Uh, I think so. I mean, New, New Orleans is Sinking was the, 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 the huge single from that album. And Blow It High yeah. Doe was big too. And so was 38 Years Old. But 38 Years Right. 30 Years Old Never Kissed a Girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great track. Yeah. But New Orleans is Sinking was just everywhere and stayed everywhere for a long, long time. That riff is just... Yes, great oh riff. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. And it, you know, Possibly, maybe. I mean, well, is it their signature song? Do you think? Or? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, well, for better or for worse, I think it is. Like, I think at, near the end, they were probably like. I mean, I don't. I don't know. It, it, like when you when you play and you you play the the same song night after night after night, it, it sort of becomes an albatross. I'm guessing yeah. to a certain degree, right? Like it, it does. Except for when you play it live, if it's a song like you said, like the signature song, the big hit the energy of the crowd that night makes it makes it brand new every night yeah and that's the difference you know it's it's but it is a a special tune i think it might be their their moment song that really i mean they can build a career on it they have tons of hits that come after it you know ahead by a century and everything off of fully completely but there's something about that song that's just this like bonding i was a i went to a bachelor party out in the boonies in the middle of nowhere and i got crazy seasick and i barfed all over the place and barfed yeah (laughs) and i had to leave early because i was like i'm green i gotta get out of here and one buddy's younger brother drove me back to the train station and he was i was like 30 i don't know six or seven at the time and this kid was like 18, 19, and he drove me to the train station. We have zero in common as people, just not, nothing at all. But then we were just listening to the radio, and New Orleans Singing came on. We sang the whole thing, just, you know, windows down, just cruising down. We know every single word. And it was like, and I think that's kind of what it is. There's something about the hip that's just bonding to well, it, it, because uh, what, think, whatever, you know, your background is in Canada. Right. And if, if you guys are listening and haven't heard any hip songs, stop right now and go listen to New Orleans is Singing. It's, it's, yeah. it's a rock great rocking tune oh yeah three and a half minutes long it'll give you a little sense of what, what the hip is all about so go totally. listen to that and then come back yeah what did you think did well, you like it guy. i hope you did <laughs> um but i i think what you just mentioned is the hip really bonded canadians yeah because it was almost like our own little world totally. in canada where nobody knew of this massive band and when you're talking massive they would play where are we so the way they play they play the acc Sure. Air Canada Center for a few nights in a row. A few nights in a row. Same yeah. thing in Calgary at the Saddle yep. Dome or Winnipeg in the MTS Center. They would do, you know, three nights in a row all across the country. Mm-hmm. Problem is, there's only you know twenty places you can play in Canada, yeah. <laughs> and so they couldn't really hit it every year. But but that was basically their their world. Yeah, 
Uh, well, I think that was uh, that's also one of the the, the strange um, like dichotomies, I guess, of this band too. Is you know they're they're doing arenas back and forth across this country, and if there were more stadiums, I, I'm sure they could have you know mm-hmm. played play the Sky Dome or or whatever as well. Um, and then they they cross the border, and you know they can play small clubs just on the other side of the border, mm-hmm. and you know the the further you get out from the Canadian border, the more distant they become i have a friend that went to see them in orlando he went to film school in orlando and uh when day for night came out i mailed him the record because it came out different release dates it came out here in october and it came out there in like february of the next year so i mailed it to him and then he played it for all his buddies down there and got all his buddies together to go to this you know place and this gig in in orlando and i I was thinking this is going to be so great uh they're all going to have such a great time and then I get the photos from this thing. He has to mail me the photos, of course, because again, it's, yeah. <laughs> and he's like right on the stage. Like he's right. He's basically on the stage. It, it looks like a, a high school gym, you know, right. in, in Orlando. Yeah. Uh, so there's just zero penetration well, just, down just, there. Just to put some perspective on things. When they went to Minneapolis, they played first Avenue. That's where we played this tour. Mm-hmm. So they're playing the same venues that Fozzie's playing and we're doing good, but we're not selling out arenas in another country. Right. You know, so that's the type of places. And um, I also had heard over the years, for example, they played, I know they played in San Francisco, I believe at the Warfield or something like that. And they were saying because they couldn't play bigger places because they weren't drawing that, that the majority of people who were going were Canadians that were living in Minneapolis or, in, or would fly down to see the rare United States appearance from the hip, so most of the crowd is still Canadians. Yeah. So even if you were a hip fan from the States, you couldn't get in because it was sold out with most of the other Canadians. <laughs> totally. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So, you know, that, and that's kind of, I guess, why why do you think they never transcended to any other country? That is the eternal Canadian question. Right. You know, and every album, you're like, this is going to be the one. This is going to be the one. I, there's a lot of things that it could be. You know, there's maybe some poor marketing and, you know, not enough. But, but push. I, I heard, I read something somewhere. I don't know how accurate it is, but it's, it sounds about right. When they pull it completely, it was the one that was supposed to be pushed hard in the States. And here we go. Apparently, BMG pulled all their uh, U.S. marketing after like two or three weeks or something like that because it didn't catch fire right away. And there's just a million things happening. It was a huge album year, and people were buying everything. And so, if it wasn't catching fire right away, you'd get out of the way. You know, because the next right. thing's coming. I guess I don't know, but we, you know, every album we were like, "Well, this is going to be the one. Well, this will be the one." Because they they were kind of a you know, there are REM, there are Stones, there are Springsteen, all kind of rolled into one. But it's a they're a hard band to pin down because each album changed a little bit and there's a lot of that's a great point you know they they were constantly evolving not interested in doing maybe what was current I don't know but mostly just a, just a fucking rock and roll band well absolutely you know there was but no, one that was no, wanted to push you there's know? no like, grunge element or, or heavy no, metal it's just no, rock and roll it's a, a no. hard driving to me I mean you mentioned the REM comparison mm-hmm. the Springsteen which are um, accurate, but also not. Not accurate. Uh, <laughs> what was the third one that you said? There's the, the Stones. Stones. Yeah. To me, the closest that I can find is is, is Pearl Jam. 
Absolutely. They're Canada's Pearl Jam. 100%. That's a that is a really point. good comparison. Yeah. I just went and saw them at, at Wrigley uh, this past summer, and I didn't realize that Pearl Jam had this. You know, I was like, it was my third show, and I was at a, a pub just outside of Wrigley Field, and somebody was there, and I'm like, this is my third show. And I was with a buddy who's seen them 18 times. And I thought, well, this is my pal. He's seen them 18 times. And, and this guy's like, yeah, I saw them like 18 times on the last tour. I did not realize that Pearl Jam had that sort of following either. So yeah. that's a really they do have apt. With, with, a, with a, uh, a charismatic, kind of weird, reclusive to a degree front man. Yep. Um, that changes their style, but it's always just rock and roll. Yeah. Like, you know, like the, the, they were never grunge. They were just lumped in with that because that's what was happening at the time. Sure. And that makes me wonder, like, I think Eddie Vedder was a fan or is a fan of, 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 the, of the hip. I've heard yeah, that. Yeah, he, uh, when uh, the news came out about Gord's uh, health, um, Eddie Vedder mentioned it at a show. He, you know, sent best wishes to, to Gord. So that would, like, why didn't someone, like, surely... You have to see it with with. I mean, if you look through the, but there's a, there's a long list of Canadian bands that that didn't make it outside, and there's a sure. only, you know Loverboy made it. Yeah, Streetheart did not. Yeah, to yeah. me, Streetheart is is just as good, if not better, than Loverboy for sure. You know, I mean, Rush made it, Triumph made it, but you know, Prism and Harlequin and Trooper really didn't. <laughs> so that's awesome. I'm thinking about 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 the hip and thinking about surely surely somebody would go listen. I saw this band. They sold out, you know, the Winnipeg Arena, and the crowd was going nuts. Mm-hmm. They're very Canadian, but sh- sh- we can do something with them. But they never got that extra. Yeah, and you know, they got the the, uh, the Saturday Night Live appearance when uh, Dan Aykroyd, Aykroyd strong armed them on there, and that's great. And there's a great performance, but that didn't do it either. I don't know. What, but then again, what what do they do when they do the, the Saturday Night Live? They didn't do New Orleans is sinking, right? They did Grace Two and uh, Nautical Disaster. Well, okay, Nautical Disaster is, to me, not even one of the top 25 best songs. <laughs> and Grace 2 is a great song, but it's it's a it's a grower, not a shower. Sure, absolutely. Like you got to yeah, yeah. hear that song four or five times to really catch the groove of it. Yeah. And they, you know, Dan Aykroyd's like, this is the, one of my favorite bands, The Tragically Hip. And it starts with that... It's kind of boring if you didn't know who they were mm-hmm. like it, it's a channel switcher yeah. instead of going like here's a tragic hit bow dun 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 bow bow doing 50s yeah, mission yeah. cap or like you said the new orleans or, or little bones or something that had some fire to it which sure. they were great at yeah 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 but they didn't you know and i'm wondering what was the decision and mindset behind those two songs well that's the you know day for night had just come out and i think they were just like this is who we are we're not gonna yeah you know this is we, we're moving that. we're going forward we're not gonna you know if this if this works or it doesn't you the know? true artist category that yeah. we understand but like i said for the united states it's like wow yeah yeah you almost wish that accurate would have said listen guys i got you the gig but yeah, yeah. You but you to have play, to play <laughs> you know you can play grace two, little bones play it second yeah yeah open up with a with a rocker and then do this more introspective yeah, yeah. i think grace two might be my favorite all-time hip song but yeah. it wasn't always sure until i i went back and watched the silent live after gord was diagnosed and really yeah. got that tune but when, oh, I was, yeah. when i was you know growing up around that time frame i never really liked that tune you know <laughs> yeah but i mean I think I always wondered too, like why didn't a Pearl Jam or any of those other bands that we mentioned give them a, a tour? Yeah, because if they would have caught on with one yeah, of those bring them bands, on board, and yeah, I think they really could have cracked for sure. Interesting. I mean, they opened for the Stones. They did a few sets opening for the Stones, believe it or not, in Canada, uh, in Europe. 
Really? Um, yeah. So they were they were sort of just one offs, though. I think like I I don't think they went it's a whole leg with them. Do it. They yeah. pick a band to do one or two shows and move to the next. Okay. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they did in that case. Uh, I mean, that really had no you know little to no impact. I want to go back to something you said though. Uh, you said a minute ago, you know, you were talking about them playing um, in you know Winnipeg Arena or wherever they're playing, and there's people there watching and you know telling their friends they're kind of Canadian, but like what what does that mean that's the question ultimately right so like what is canadian what mean? does that mean like <laughs> is it is it well it's all, it's all very mysterious the it canadian is way. yeah the thing is it's very mysterious to have to explain it but to us we know what it means like yeah. when i think of okay what is canadian rock and roll i think of like i'm from the prairies so to me canada the majority of canada is is, is prairies it's flat it's cold yeah a big sense of history with a lot of native uh, you know, First Nation element to mm-hmm. it, and hockey, and mm-hmm. you know, like wheat, you know, wheat kings. <laughs> yeah, like to, yeah. to me, that's the Brandon Wheat Kings, which is just down the road from Winnipeg, that the hockey team. But all of those things that Gord was talking about would interest him, and especially as he gets further in his career, were very much First Nation influence. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I don't think that translates to. You know New York and LA and 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 that sort of place. No, tough, be tough to plug foreign. in that way, right? You yeah. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, but but Neil Young is also very Canadian, yeah. and he's one of the biggest legends in rock history Absolutely. all over the world. Yeah, his sound is also very Canadian to me. Mm-hmm. You know, a song like "Rockin' in the Free World" could be a hip song. Totally. You know, and and when you say that, yeah, absolutely, right? yeah. You know what I mean, but and, there's and, this unique thing that. Uh, like you, as you said, trying to explain what Canadian is to other people, and we just sort of know. Like I was born in the states, I moved to Toronto when I was ten, and I always felt a little out of step. Like I didn't grow up with hockey. I did, you know, it was there was a lot of uh, growing pains or adjustment. Right. You know, I, I wasn't unhappy to be here by any means, but I always felt a little outside of the box. Like just not, I didn't quite get it. And then over time, like the the the, the hips music was sort of the lens through which I saw Canada. And I started to understand. That's interesting. My place in it, you know, and like how to how to uh, you know how to appreciate these things that were were foreign to me initially, and now are you know part of my uh, existence. <laughs> part, part part of of because like you said, it does. I'm actually there's a song in my head, and I'm trying to find it. Um, it goes down and down and down and down. Is it? Uh, All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which one is it? Um, um, Tom Thompson came paddling past. Uh, Why can't I think of the name? Yeah, I know. Three pistols. Yeah, three pistols. Three pistols. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Oh, yeah. Like this song could be a Neil Young song. Oh yeah. Going back to what we were saying before. Yeah. So there's 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 the, that's this sound here is just a Canadian sound, you know. Yeah. And then also when you talk about Gord. And then this is also an, another reason to me. Like at first, I had an argument with, with, with my best friend who was a huge hip fan when um, Gord was diagnosed. And we'll get into all that, too. Just that whole last few years of Gord's life is something that hopefully all of us can go out that way. Yeah. Um, but I was always saying that one of the reasons to me is that Gord wasn't a great-looking front man. Mm-hmm. And in that time, you kind of needed that. Like sure. You had your Michael Hutchins, and you had... You know, uh, the cat from R.E.M. who, when he had hair, was pretty cool-looking guy. Yeah. Gord never really had that. And, like, even on the set on it live, he's wearing, you know, like yeah, a yeah. green shirt yeah. and <laughs> totally. shitty pants. Yeah, 
you know, and, and like even like Kurt Cobain was a good looking guy. He absolutely. could wear that stuff and he would look like yeah, a male yeah. model. Easy on the eyes. Absolutely. Right. And, but, and, and Speed was like, that's that's not true. My friend Speed says, that's not the case. To me, trying to make it into the States, maybe that has something to do with it. Absolutely. I, I think I'm, you have to have that that marketability or whatever yeah. that they yeah that they just seem to to lack um i mean none of the band is particularly good handsome great, great you know call. as far as that goes that's a great call um they all sort of you know at one point they you know they had short longs and you know there's some mullets say? short yeah. longs you know like too short to be long too long to be short <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right yeah. um you know they just they look like they didn't care and i think ultimately they probably didn't which you know? is cool though but but like i said if you look at through all the bands that quote-unquote didn't care they still had you know eddie vetter yeah that's you right you still had you know lane staley if yeah. you're going through the bands that were hot then i mean wyland was a rock star from the moment he walked on stage so 100 it's it, chris cornell i mean these guys mm -hmm. chris cornell looks like a freaking greek god you yeah, know, yeah, just, yeah. And, and gord did not and because there was nobody in that band that really stood out it maybe yeah the image thing could have been something image yeah. thing but part of i mean that's kind of what endeared them i think to canadians too was right. i mean uh, with the, the stones thing like they don't really sound like the stones other than being like a, a blood sweat and tears sort of you know rock band oh, yeah, but yeah there was this thing i always thought was interesting uh, uh when i was uh you know fostering my music obsession when i was young i read a bunch of lester bang stuff all of his older views and he was a big stones guy until he wasn't but his thing with the Stones was like the Beatles are perfect. They sound like they're from another world. They're so perfect. But the Stones, you listen to the Stones, and people were like, "If hey, I could do that, yeah, floppy you know? at times, yeah, 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 like like I, even to people. this day, absolutely." Mm -hmm. And the hip was another thing. It's like not only did it sound like something you could do too, but like they sounded like people you knew, mm -hmm. you know. They do. It was it was like you know the the world's biggest bar band of just absolutely cats are getting together on the weekend, you know, yeah. to, to do that because like like I was saying the the fact. It's probably a, a cocktail of many things. Yeah. Maybe it's the Canadian lyrics. Yeah. Maybe it's the everyman image. Yeah. Maybe it's bad management or, or no, you know, uh, push from the record company. But when you're telling me that Vetter was a fan and they they played with the Stones, that somebody would go, listen, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna start managing you. I yeah. want a piece of the band, and we're gonna we're gonna make this thing like Nickelback they they took Theory of a Dead Man out yeah. until Theory of a Dead Man was huge yeah. Skid Row and Bon Jovi Bon Jovi had a piece of Skid Row and, and took them on tour for years until they got huge yeah. why did that never happen with the hip I don't know it's, yeah. they didn't want it yeah. you know it seemed like they were, you know, we were all gunning for them to break somewhere else. So we Maybe play. they didn't want it, yeah you know but me, I, I think having the ability to play stadiums uh, in Canada, and you know, be, be this enormous rock star, but then be able to still go play clubs. You know, maybe they smaller. like that. I, you yeah. know, I what a neat experience that could be to have the, both worlds happening at once. And for Canadians, like to imagine seeing like your your favorite like gigantic something huge like Metallica or whatever, and like you when you know when you're in the states, you see them in stadiums, but as soon as they cross the pond, you can go watch them in a 200 person venue. You know, and be That's like right. right up close. Like what a crazy experience to have. You know, and if you're thinking like from a financial standpoint, I mean, let's be honest, every 
freaking tenth song on the radio, and every rock station across the country is the, is a hip song. Yeah. So you know that I hopped in the car to come pick him up to come here, and poets started playing. There you go, right on the radio. Just there was. So, so I'm sure that they're 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 publishing the royalties, you know, the gigs, the merch. Yeah. They probably were multimillionaires just from Canada alone, which is so rare. Yeah. But once again, this is the biggest band in Canadian history. Yeah. Bigger than Rush in Canada. I'd oh, say. sure. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, Rush maybe the album sales are comparable, but it isn't. They aren't embraced mm. like this. It isn't. Uh, Rush is still more of like a like a, a, a musician's band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where a, bit of is, a, bit, a bit of just a dude's band too. Mm. I don't know a lot of. Or the hip is, down is everybody's band. You know, yeah, girls, every, yeah, guys, absolutely, teenagers, yep. old guys, whatever yep. in between. Like everybody knows the tragically hip. Yeah, puking yeah. me in the car with the young uh, fella driving me. We were bonded. That's it right. All, it was yeah. all there. An interesting <laughs> comparison. It's just, it's just dawning on me right now. Years ago, I heard Tony Kornheiser talking, and he was talking about uh, with Michael Wilbon. He was talking about going to see a hockey game, and he said, "You know what? I'd never been to a hockey game before, but he's like, I will now say that that is the best." in arena sport that there that there is like it, there's just something about it when you're in the arena and you're there live watching mm-hmm. it but he had to go there to get that it didn't translate on the television mm-hmm. sure, it yeah. didn't translate in the newspaper it didn't whatever you know the band might be the same <laughs> they, they they came to the states to play and they you know I'm not going to say all the tickets were bought up by Canadians, but, you know, maybe just enough people didn't get out to see them and they weren't mm-hmm. played on the radio because they're not mandated to be played on the radio in the States like Good they point. are here. Right. There's a, there's yeah. a thing Canadian here content. called uh, CanCon, mm-hmm. which is a government law that you have to play a certain percentage of Canadian music on Canadian radio. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, they definitely got a break there uh, that they're not going to get down down south, no matter who's marketing for them or, or managing them. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, it, it makes you wonder. Uh, they're, they're, they're similar to hockey in that way. I think there's a lot of Canadians that are like, I don't understand why hockey isn't the number one game in the world. How is soccer the most you know beautiful mm-hmm. game? Hockey is great, but enough people don't you know they don't see it whether there's not arenas in their cities or whatever you know, that, that's a good point too it brings something else to mind too that there might have been a little bit of a prejudice against them because they're so big in canada sure like oh here's the canadian thing. It's, your it's, best? Just, it's, it's yeah. just a canadian thing yeah, yeah, it won't, yeah you know what i mean like i think that could be people might talk themselves out of it because while they're playing arenas in canada but they can't play anything but clubs here so it must just be a canadian thing let's not even bother yeah you know what i mean yeah i think so because there is a huge canadian thing attached to it like Neil Young doesn't carry like a like the the Canadian once stigma again. That's him, right? right. No, he does. He's just Neil Young, and you neither know? does and Rush. Same thing with Rush doesn't either. You yeah. know, but they're, it's really branded on them. You know, and all these bands around them that were blowing up, like Our Lady Peace and Bare Naked Ladies, made it in the states. That's true. You know, which Great I, point. I I thought was crazy over the hip. <laughs> Nothing against them. They seem like fine people. Well, it's just like but, you cr- know, Crash Test Dummies. Sure. Had that huge, yeah, the you know, Superman song. song. Yeah, come and, on. It was so big that Weird Al Yankovic did a parody. That's right. Yeah, like you know, how does nuts. And that's, you know, yeah. that's one of the weirdest bands that you yeah. would never expect to make it. But, but for none some of them reason, have that label, though. They, they didn't don't. roll into the States with that label. Alanis Morissette, like, huge yeah, yeah. in the States. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, not, but not rolling in with the Canadian yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Hmm. So, I mean, you know, it, it's one of those questions where I don't think you can give a specific ABC answer. No. I think, yeah, it's, yeah. like I said, it's a cocktail of all these, these things. Yeah. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. How 
how many times, I'm not going to say even if you have, how many times did you see the hit live? I saw them 19 times. How many? 19. 19 times. Yeah. Wow. From yeah. what years? From 19, I saw them on my 19th birthday. So in this province, that's when you can, that's when you're legally able to drink. So that was my first time seeing them <laughs> on my 19th birthday. Nice. Uh, all the way until the last tour. Like, so, um, years so 2016. Wise, so 94, 94 to 2016. That's, that's a, that's a hell of a, of a range. Yeah. Yeah. But I took, a, I took a few years off there. It was near the end that I saw them a couple more times. Um, I don't know whether, I got nostalgic or whatever, and then certainly with the last tour, and I got very nostalgic. And why did you take nostalgic. a couple of years off? Uh, you know, the, the records changed yeah. for me. Um, I was living a different life. I got uh, into different music, and I just sort of, I, they sort of became a bit more peripheral, you know, um, at one point. And they could play a lot point. of hip, new hip. Like, well, I moved to the States in 96, in, in, um, but when I saw, you know, kind of delving in as as, as when Gord announced his last tour when he passed, of course, you go through the big phase and look yeah. at all these albums that I didn't even really know existed and then sure. reading the singles and going, I haven't heard any of these songs. Yeah. So it's like they, they had all of these hits kind of in the early, uh, early part of their career and then in the middle part. But I guess you could probably say the same about Pearl Jam or, sure. or, or the Stones or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the, really, the diehards will stay with a band, but, you know, the the push that's going to be yeah. on radio and, you know, the, videos the, the and stuff. The peak is over. It goes yeah. away. Yeah. And but I got because uh, I kind of drifted away for a little bit, but because I was much more into punk and metal stuff, and then I swung back in really hard at the for the late period stuff. I because mm. they were just doing a different thing that really worked for me. Where they got mm. I don't know if they got weirder, but they were experimenting, and each album had even dr more drastic changes. I felt like, and that's what it felt like to me. Going on, I was like, they're really trying. Like you know, they could have just laid back and just wrote the same song over and over and people loved him so much it would have been fine you know there's going two every year and who cares but they were still trying so hard to you know, construct a great album year yeah. after year after year like right up to the end like there was a lot of work into it a lot of creativity that it, there wasn't there was no repetition but i like that about them it's, 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 it's the, the same the reason why thing they, same reason why they played grace two on Saturday live yeah yeah you know, we're not going to play by the rules no we're done with and that. maybe it wasn't even a, 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 an act of defiance maybe it's just how they thought yeah you know, uh, how many times did you see them? I only saw them once. Once? Yeah, yeah. That's you and me are tied. Yeah. Uh, I was a bartender for uh, most of my life, so I worked on the weekends and yeah, nights, yeah. always nights, right? When did so you see them? I saw them in 2003. Gotcha. Yeah. And I saw them in 95 at uh, another uh, roadside attraction. Oh, nice. Oh, right. In Calgary. Yeah. I don't remember who else played. I just remember we were going to see the hip. And yeah, I remember yeah. we, we got right to the front and people were, um, not it wasn't a mosh, but it was a very slam dancey jumping up and down yeah. people were pretty aggressive yeah pretty aggressive people yeah. were into it yeah it was very very exciting uh and i remember you know we talk about gord kind of being a little awkward or, or uh, in press and, and interviews and not you know a 10 out of 10 looks wise but mm -hmm. that guy was a great front man unique. it was it was so unique so explain okay going back to new orleans is sinking when we talk about that song there's a there's a break in that song right after the second chorus where he would begin to uh, chant or rant or rave and oftentimes they would jam out new songs like new songs would come During from that, that material yeah, yeah it was it was just sort That's of riffing where, uh, and you get uh, nautical, nautical disaster. disaster comes from that uh poets comes from that mm -hmm. head by a century 
Yeah. 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 Like, I mean, so I'm not sure whether they'd be doing them as sound check as well, and then, you know, road testing them in the middle, but oftentimes that's how they would manifest themselves. Yeah, yeah. And there's people that. a full song in the middle of New Orleans is sinking, and then boom, back in and crush the end of it. That's right. So you mentioned the, the, the uniqueness of Gord. Um, his movements. Yeah. His, yes. He, he would talk to the microphone stand. I've seen him do that before. Where yeah. He had fights with the microphone stand. a lot of the lyrics in this weird. It was like a. It was. It was sort of theater. It was sort a little of bit just, spastic, like a little yeah. kind of Joe Cocker sure. type five, where it looks <clears> you think that uh, he's got maybe some kind of a t- nervous tick. Or yeah, something. yeah. Or, or even uh, that weird dancing that Wyland got into eventually. Yeah. You know, right. There was a lot of. It was like just. He was always captivating, like the yeah. entire time he was and on stage. A, and that's another reason why it didn't matter that he wasn't a pinup idol. As a front man, he was mesmerizing. Yeah, you know, even um, and we talked about what he was wearing on the Siren Live. Mm. But his last tour, he came up with something that I would yeah. wear <laughs> on stage. You know, the 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 head to toe sequin suit with the hat and the feather in it. It's like he suddenly decided he was going to be like you know seventy five David Bowie on yeah. stage, yeah. just out of nowhere. He never wore that. <laughs> stuff before never no like a silver sequin jacket with matching silver sequined uh uh pants and then like a jaws t-shirt yeah yeah for no apparent reason yeah. like what was the deal with that jaws t-shirt i don't know, I don't know so, but they've sold a lot of jaws t-shirts yeah, in the, yeah, in the yeah, interim and everywhere now right yeah life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches but there's only one mccrispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. <laughs> Let's talk about about Gordon and kind of what happened in the last few years of his life. Um, and obviously, all of us are hip fans. It seems you've seen them 19 times. How did that hit you when you heard the news? And just explain to people that don't know basically what happened. Okay, so during the May long weekend in in Canada. A doctor. 2016. Yeah, 2016. We were getting ready to uh, hear a new hip record. It was it was coming out, but it had been pushed back a little bit. Man machine. A man. uh, Man machine poem. What's it called? Man machine poem. Man machine poem. Yeah, and uh, essentially they had a press conference at Sunnybrook Hospital here in Toronto, which is a big uh, cancer hospital, and the doctor came out. uh, Tragic management was there. I think Gord was there. He might, he may not have been, but the doctor came no, out and, yeah. and basically made the announcement that he had been diagnosed with, oh my gosh, I forget what the actual is brain cancer, but yeah. it's it's a very strange sounding one. It's a very fast acting one, incurable, and, the, and it's incurable. Uh, they had let us, they let us know that they had already performed surgery at this point, and that he had lost some of his um, memory, and it was, you know shocking it was jaw-dropping now let me just and just so the the reaction of this would be the equivalent of mick jagger or springsteen yeah uh, saying that they have inoperable brain cancer the 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 reaction you would get from the world Mm -hmm. is the reaction that canada gave when gord announced that and if mick announced it and gord announced it canadians would be much more upset about gord probably than than mick or springsteen yeah i I think so yeah Yeah. because gord gord was he became it's uh glioblastoma mm. was that was the brain cancer that right. he had but he was he was a canadian icon yeah that's right bigger than most yeah yeah i would say well it was how connected people felt 
And I mean, and it is, you know, a lot of we lose, you know, musicians that we cherish all the time. But when the when the announcement came that he was sick and then with his passing, I mean, you know, they they hung the flags at half mast like that doesn't happen. That's, That's something like, you know, like like presidents and prime ministers exactly. and war heroes. Yeah. Like, this is a fucking rock and roll musician. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it in that yeah. respect. Yeah. But Our he's essential to the culture of uh, the fabric of culture yes. in this country. That's so a great it's, point. it's, you know, you know, I, I was like, yeah, you do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah, do yeah. that for Gord. So when he announced that he had brain cancer, then the hip announces that they're going to do a farewell tour. Yeah. They announce, they don't even really call it a farewell tour. They say they're going to go out and tour for yeah, this record. Summer tour. Oh. And it's going to be a summer tour. Yeah. And it's not. And it's only in Canada. And they won't say it's the last tour. Yeah. Or, or they don't say it's the last tour. Really? But everybody I, sort of knows. It's like, it's hushed, yeah. right? It's yeah. the... Uh, I always thought that it was kind of announced as the... But like, but that makes sense. Why would they put such a, a negative slant on yeah. something, right? That's right. Uh, um, there's a documentary that they released shortly after the tour and they talk about the incredible pressure the band was under because they I didn't know... I that. Is, uh, what's it called? Do you recall? Long Time, Long time running. running. Long Time Running. That's yeah. right. And, the you know, they basically had rehearsals every night uh, they went from having one or two teleprompters on the stage with lyrics, you know, in a set list to eight or something like that. There were moments in the... Gord didn't have his memory. He didn't yeah. have his memory. He was learning. They, they show their first jam session back and basically they tell him the song and then they put a screen in front of him with the lyrics and it's almost like he's relearning. It's almost like they're a cover band at this point and he's, yeah, yeah. he's coming in as a new singer Gord's relearning. shell of himself. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's the well, same. But only they know that. Anyone watching the show is still getting. That's right. The documentary comes out after the after the tour. When we're yeah. watching the show, we don't. It was still just. We don't know this. Top That's, shelf. He's wearing that crazy outfit. Everyone's losing their minds. The the, the, the energy was huge. There's so much, so many emotions happening. So and that people know that this is probably going to be oh, yeah. the last time. Well, you know, see we know band. that he's, it's incurable. Like yeah, it's, it's, he's it's going. Coming. He's going to die. Right. Yeah. It, it reminds me of. Did you guys ever see that uh, the Glenn Campbell documentary called "I'll Be Me"? I've not seen it. No, no. you guys should watch it. Is yeah. Glenn Campbell, obviously famous singer, yep. uh, had uh, Alzheimer's, huh. and when he was diagnosed, the same thing. I'm going to go do a tour, um, and here's the deal. I think they, I don't know if they had notes posted or whatever, but the idea was: listen, he doesn't remember shit. If he forgets, you just expect it. And mm -hmm. people, of course, his fans are like, "Thank you, Glenn. Do what you can." All the teleprompters. He's literally on stage with his daughter and his daughter's banjo players, sons on drums or whatever. He's like, I don't have, he goes up, he plays, he's like, I have no idea who any of these people are. Sorry guys. But when he got into the groove, he was perfect. That guitar mm -hmm. playing, that muscle memory got mm -hmm. him through it. I'm assuming Gord probably was the same. Yeah. It felt that way. I saw them on the second to last show in Toronto, which was like, I think they played three shows after that. Yeah. And the way they started each of the shows was they started in a tight circle in the center of the stage, all standing very close to one another, and they played four or five songs. They played a full, you know, like a set. And then they went into their respective sort of places that we know them on the stage and played another set. They had a little bit of a break in between, sure. and they let him sort of go back, uh, change familiar. outfits. Yeah. Why, yeah, why, why, why do you think they did that? I think maybe to get him warmed up to help the music cue in to get him make him rolling. feel comfortable yeah. that he's with his friends, yeah, sort yeah. of thing, his brothers. Could be, yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. That's what it, that's what it felt like, and it felt it felt for us as well. There's a lyric in one of the songs Greg and I talked about on the podcast earlier this year. Uh, the song is "It's a Good Life If You Don't Weaken," and it's a fantastic song. It's one of the later records, and this has been a real cool journey for me, uh, experiencing them with Greg, getting to know 
the, the later content like album. That's right. We, yeah, yeah, album. We're going yeah, each, uh, each we're going episode's in an album. Order. We do all the tracks. Gotcha. Yeah. So now we're into the later records that I didn't listen to as much, and Greg is sort of sherping me through them, right? And there's this lyric, and it's it's a a, a forest of whispering speakers, and you know it's just this group of people in in a forest all in hushed tones talking potentially about somebody that is ill you know and that's that's really what it felt like it felt like we were we were nobody wanted to say it out loud but we were all watching it and we were all enjoying it but we all knew it was it was the end uh, i mean the cbc which is the national network here which is uh, there's nothing equivalent in in america really but the bbc would be yeah in in yeah, uk exactly, yeah it's it's a public radio they broadcast the last concert on air from Kingston and tell tell them how many people watched it one third of this country watched Think about that. that one third yeah. of the entire country watched the tragic hips final yeah. concert yeah that can you imagine anything you know one third so I mean I don't know how many people are in in Canada but like 36 million so you've got million? you know the 12 million people watching That's right be the equivalent of in the states which is what 250 Mm-hmm. million people mm-hmm. yeah somewhere around there so you know you're talking 80 million people watching a show i don't yeah. think 80 million All people the same time have line. ever watched it. that's like triple the super bowl yeah 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 just to yeah. put perspective on it and they ran the entire thing uninterrupted commercial free the three-hour concert which is a huge thing yeah. as well for yeah that type of real estate 100 yeah you know? um it's it's interesting to me because when, when gord started to forget he um he was doing a lot of interviews with Peter Mansbridge. Oh man, yeah, I saw that. That like was like it was a couple of them, mm-hmm. and he even says, "I have your name written yeah. on my hand because I know who you are. I've known mm-hmm. you for years, but I have no idea what your name is." Yeah, and just to see him, but he's still out there, and not crusading against brain cancer or you know, not a, a dollar from every ticket goes to cancer research, whatever. He was just doing what he does and mm-hmm. knowing like I can't remember shit, so please help me with this. Yeah. It was real interesting to watch that aspect of it. Oh yeah, yeah that inter- that uh, interview in particular, the one yeah, where because yeah. Peter brings it up and he's like, "Now you, you know, I've known you for decades, and yeah, and but you, you, my name's written on your hand there." You know? Yes, and yes, it's it's heartbreaking. It's just you know brutal to watch, um, but it's important to see too. And it was great. It was great, like Gord to get out there and he was still creating art, but also really realized that I've got a very little bit of time here left, and you know, so whatever I say people are really listening right now right you know and so he really put so much focus on first nations he really it was, did it was yeah. great like if you and what a wonderful selfless thing to do like to realize that you really have people's attention more than you ever have in choosing something to talk about to really mean something before you're gone you know which is great and i'm glad he chose to do that it was pretty inspiring um yeah it was a hell of a year it's uh, uh we were talking about the peter Madridge thing and i was going to say that you know when when you watch this and and like I said you can see the deterioration but still people now more than ever becoming hip fans and yeah. rallying behind Gord oh yeah but um, the last concert you can't watch it online they, they, they took it down I, I, I oh, tried yeah. to watch it I think they took oh, it wow. down oh wow really. CBC did yeah watch I think they closed with Grace 2 is uh, that the last song that they did or one of the last Grace songs Grace 2 is the end of the, of the of the set proper and then the Encore. There's a few encores. It's one of the. It's in one of the encores. And the I think final it's ahead by a century. Ahead by a century. Yeah. Ahead by a century. Yeah. That's right. But dude, he. Oh, the grace too, the though, is primal scream. Yes. Where all of this pageantry and like you know, Gord, you can do it. 
he knows he's going to die. Yeah. And he's I got like he's mad at God for putting him into this position and he's yeah. screaming. Yeah. It's, it's one of the intense. most intense. It reminds me if you guys are Nirvana fans when you hear uh that Nirvana Unplugged album. Yeah. Where did the last where did you, where you sleep last, last night? night? Oh, Cobain's Jesus. vocal on that is yeah. insane. Yeah, man. It's so heart-wrenching. Yeah. Goosebumps. I've got goosebumps just thinking about yeah. it. Yeah. Just thinking about it. Um yeah, it's ahead by a century. So yeah, uh, Grace Two is the end of the second encore. Century is the end of the third. I think it was Grace Two though. He's just yeah, screaming. yeah. Him here now. Yeah. Ah! Ah! yeah, tears. Yeah, yeah, coming down his face. It's oh, one yeah. of the most riveting, heart wrenching, powerful moments yep. in rock and roll history. One hundred percent that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, you know, and just thinking about this. As a matter of fact, the the head of rock programming at Spotify. Her name is Allison Hagendorf. She's a big hip fan. Huh. And, you know, wish she was around 15 years ago, she could have probably helped them more. Yeah, yeah. But I sent her that clip, just like, check this out, dude. Like, this yeah. is the most emotional thing. Um, I've got to find a way to rewatch that now. And, and, and don't, don't quote me on that, but the last time I tried to find it, I couldn't. But mm-hmm. you can find it. Somebody's filming... The, the yeah, big screen. there's those. Yeah. So you could just watch Gord on the big screen, and, and it's still that. it's still effective. Like you can really yeah. still feel it. Yeah, so it, it may be even intensely. more effective because it's raw. Because yeah. it's coming from somebody's camera. You know. Yeah. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Another thing that he was doing, which was very interesting, was uh, before the guys went on stage, he would kiss them all on the lips. Yeah. Yeah. He kissed Peter Mansbridge, Mansbridge on the lips as well. Yeah. Do you know the reason for that? Or what was he doing there? Um, I don't know. But I think it was just, I, I think you, when you know that it, your time's up and you have a, a, a gift of a little moment left, you know, I think you just express yourself however you want to. And if you want to, you're gonna you're running out of time seeing these people like you i think you're getting as close to them uh i don't mean physically like necessarily no, but, but, it, but it you, is to, close. To a connection with them that's you know like we're, we're so we're, we're not friends for 25 years and made a career yeah. together but if i came to kiss you on the lips as a greeting <laughs> it's very strange it's it's, it's right you know, there yeah, i mean yeah. i've known rich ward my partner fozzy for 20 years and, and we've built this but if he kissed me on the lips i'd be like dude what are you doing yeah 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 you know, but he. We're trying every, to play a show here, guy. Every night, yeah, he would do that. And yeah. I think he even did it to Peter. I think yeah. he said to Peter Bansbury, "Listen, I, I'm, I kiss people on the lips. Can I kiss you on the lips?" Yeah. And he does. Yeah, I, I really experience you for a second. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, interesting. That was another interesting thing that I found. And I thought it was kind of cool because a lot of people saw that and were talking about it. And Gord's uh, uh, really outlandish outfit, and there was a lot of you know guys I was around at work and other places who were just you know like good old-fashioned Canadian boys who, you know, uh, might find the, the, the shiny stuff a little bizarre, but yeah. it was Gord, and what was going on, they're like, I, you know, I tell you, I don't know what he's wearing, but that's okay, you give him hell, Gordy. You know, and they just were like... They, hey, they, Gord, they, the suit's awesome, eh? <laughs> <laughs> totally. They're just like, all right, fine. 
but I mean, I mean, Gord do it. And it's like I said, just out of nowhere. Maybe there's something yeah. from his brain that he just like, I have it's to like, wear. I gotta shiny do this thing. Now. Yeah, um, <laughs> I've been meaning to. You mentioned after that tour ended because the, the the Kingston show was the last one, but Gord uh, I shouldn't say last. That's not, he 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 lived another year. He lived another year yeah. and a bit. Yeah, he died uh, last October. Yeah, to so where he even did some guests. He, he sang a song with somebody. Uh, yeah, he sang with Blue Rodeo. Blue, yeah. Blue Rodeo. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. He, see, he did a guest spot with Blue Rodeo. And he and released, released a final album. A final album about yeah. the First Nation. It was about a kid well, who lost the That snow. one came out right in the, amidst uh, the, the news of his diagnosis. But then after he got sick, he recorded another album. He's uh, really prolific in that last yeah, he just, 18 yeah, yeah. months or so. it out. He did an album with Kevin Drew. Kevin Drew produced. Uh, Kevin Drew's from uh, Broken Social Scene. Um, and he produced the uh, the album about uh, the First Nations story uh, called uh, uh, Secret Path, and then he did another one that was and Gord wrote it's like seven seventeen song, eighteen songs. Each song is about someone specific in his life. You don't know who, uh, but they're all and it's uh, and uh, he pumped this album out really quick. But it, it might be his best solo album. It's this is a Gord uh, Downey. It's solo called Introduce Yourself, oh. and it is heartbreaking. But it is fascinating. <laughs> it is a. Uh, it's a remarkable album. I've not really heard anything quite like it in my life. I want to say it came out like about two weeks after he, after yeah, he it died. Was, it, it was, was a very, very, very emotional first listen. But kind of having that, it was almost the opposite of the uh, the uh, end of Grace Two at that concert. The, oh, that rage there. This was the the softer the side. side, and it was yeah. a double album. Yeah, it's huge, and it is every song is worthwhile. And yeah, I don't know who the songs. Sometimes you can kind of tell who he's singing about, but they're very personal and very direct. But they are not inaccessible. They're they're catchy as hell, which is crazy. But it's, a it's very really crazy. another really program reference. Uh, Jeff Amen oh, yeah. did a article in Rolling Stone magazine last November and it was the albums that he's listening to right now and right. Introduce Yourself was one of them and he big, he big up to that record yeah he's just you know, talking about how he cried through the whole thing on the first listen yeah that's I mean yeah that uh, when you can see it reminds me a lot of you know Bowie when he did mm-hmm. Black Star. Oh God, yeah. You know he knew he knew he was dying. Yeah. And I always love that something that people might not realize is is, is Black Star opens with breathing. Yeah. It's Bowie just like like I'm gonna record these last breaths uh-huh. and got in the studio and Gore did it. Freddie Mercury did it too. They did a Queen yeah. album when he knew he only had. They said they had to basically prop him up to sing. Yeah. That's a true artist. Yeah. You know I I have to to the end as much as I can out there mm-hmm. that's right. the end you know yeah um, when Gord passed away you mentioned Half Mast yeah uh, Justin Trudeau Prime Minister crying yeah yeah you know about a rock and roll musician imagine yeah. you know Trump crying about Springsteen dying. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean you would laugh yeah. Trump notwithstanding the president sure. of the United States yeah, he would yeah. laugh like what are you crying over but here of course the prime yeah. minister is going to cry uh, when Gord Downey dies I think he was even at the last show wearing he a Canadian tuxedo wasn't he he, 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 he was jean absolutely jeans right <laughs> yeah um, I'm still not sure that Pierre Trudeau is his father by the way I still think Jagger's his father but that's, that's just oh. me um but I mean uh, the whole country goes in the morning you guys were here I wasn't what was it like when Gord died uh, well, we knew it was coming, but I think everyone was just like, nah, maybe, right. he maybe. He can do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If anyone's going to do it. Rodeo. He yeah, just did yeah. another album. Yeah. And then it was just like, boom, and then it happened. And it was that, you know, the air came out of the room. I think everybody was just a little bit in a fog uh, the entire day. I remember like going to work and people were just like, hey, uh, I need some time. It was really, 
and it was overwhelming, you know, and uh, just a just a deep sadness because it's just uh, when something is that intertwined in everyone's lives, even in a casual way, you know, everyone has some experience, you know, some great memories or important memories or even tragic ones that are connected to that music. It was a soundtrack for everyone's lives since, you know, 1988, 89. That's it was just always there, you know? And then for that guy, it just seemed like a pretty swell dude, you know, <laughs> to yeah, get yeah, yeah, snapped yeah. away. It's all just, uh. You know, and it's not just like, I'm not demeaning anybody, but it's not like it's the drummer or, or, or you know, the guitar player. No, it's the voice. It's the connection. It's, you know, it's Gord. Yeah. You cannot, well, you cannot continue because he's such an iconic player. Yeah. But also on the other side of the coin, these songs are so iconic and they deserve to still be heard. Yeah. So that's the conundrum as well. What yeah. do you do? You know what I mean? What do you do? It's like Soundgarden. What do you do? Yeah. Do you continue on knowing that, listen, we're doing this to keep the music going, but Gord was such an integral part. Yeah. Or do you do it like when Clarence Clemens died? Springsteen didn't replace him with one guy, he replaced him with three. Mm -hmm. So do you go out and do a tour with three or four singers? Yeah, yeah. Maybe bring a, uh, a girl and a couple, you know what I mean? Like a, maybe yeah. a native uh, First Nation singer that have that vibe of Gord, the, the, the tone of his voice. Or do you just not ever do it again? I mean, what do you think? I think that it would be pretty challenging to go and see that band play those songs without him. Yeah. I, I think that would be really difficult to, to see uh, as a fan. That being said, you're you're so right. I mean, the, yeah, they released the record every two years. Like, the hip's going to play, but you know, and, and Jim Cuddy's going to do some songs, and you know, but and you Andy know, from the Sky Diggers is going to do some songs, and you know, like if they if they wrapped it in with a bunch of like, you know, you, you might it could change. But the, I don't think they would do it, but it might take I can a while. See how, but look at look at Queen the way they do it now. Queen sure. plus Adam Lambert. Right. It's not Queen. It's Queen plus Adam Lambert. The tragically hip plus Jim Cuddy. This yeah. guy, this guy, and this guy, or whatever. Right. You know, it's one of those things. Maybe three or four years down the line, they might sure want to do that. And I think, I think fans would accept it for the for the right reason that they're doing it. Yeah, to tribute to, to Gordon. These well, songs. and they'll want to see the other guys too. It's not like it was. They're not, you know, yeah, they're part of the culture. As you know, well. it's everyone knows their names. You know, a yeah. lot of them are like first names. You guys, know, how you describe them? You know, and there's another Gordon the band. Johnny so, Faye, yeah, the drummer, yeah, Gord Lanois. Is the bass player uh, Paul Langlois? Paul Langlois, uh, another Gordon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gord Sinclair, Gord Sinclair. Yeah, two Gords, two Gords. Yeah, that's how, that's another thing. How Canadian <laughs> is that? Two Gords, two Gords. And then of course Rob Baker, the guitar yeah, yeah, player. Yeah. yeah, two Gords. And they're remarkable players. They're great, you know. Yeah. And they've been together since. I, it's all like, what what a story, you know. And right. th those guys to watch them play, that's a treat in it, all in itself, you know. Like well, you nailed it earlier when you said like the best bar band, you know. Like yeah. they just got so tight and so good, and they were able to just move with his with his spastic rhythms they they were right there with him you know uh we we might have been in the crowd going like what is this we're seeing when mm. we see this front man but they knew they didn't miss a beat they never missed a beat no. they could they could improvise with him and so stick you, right with would him would you accept it if they went out again with under the right circumstances i would have a tough time but yeah would, <laughs> would you go I'm, I'm a sellout i'd probably go yeah <laughs> uh, i'd have a tough time though like it would be it would have to be the right like you say, the, the right circumstances, uh, a, a neat lineup, maybe sort of a one-off type thing, mm -hmm. or a celebration of Gord Downey with yeah. the tragic hip and this. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd go. I, I I would buy it for those reasons. The same way that 
it's not the same because it's, it's a different vibe with Queen, but the Queen and Adam Lambert is just amazing mm-hmm. because he nails it. He's got the vibe. He's He's got the pomp and circumstance of Freddie, and those songs are too good just to disappear. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a giant legacy, right? That they, yeah, they exactly. left behind. Well, let's wrap it up with a question. What is the tragic the hip's legacy in Canada? What is their, what is their stamp, uh, and what do they mean to this country? I mean, it's pretty deep, but, but uh, to me... It's, yeah... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm going to say I, they'll they'll never be another band like the Hip as big as the Hip because the whole landscape has changed. Oh yeah. yeah. Even if there was a band that came out tomorrow from you know Victoria, BC, that mm-hmm. was five guys with the same vibe, there's no the radio game is different. Yep. The the climate is different. Yeah. Just like there'll never be another Rolling Stones. We've mentioned them yeah. quite a few times, or yeah. another Pearl Jam, or whatever it may be. So uh, it, it is Canada's biggest band, past present and future yeah and those songs will be played probably one out of every 10 songs like we said yeah forever yeah because what is the canadian sound the tragically hip 100 and all of us that grow up here can 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 feel that mm-hmm. and maybe like it was the blessing and the curse for them but in this country they're legendary man and they always yeah. will be oh yeah I mean, well sad yeah, yeah. Is that, did I yeah it? i think yeah. so got it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and once again you guys are listening to this that, that don't know the hip just go go to spotify allison put up a great tragically hip playlist and just give two or three songs to listen uh i guarantee you'll want to hear more yeah. you know last question what's your favorite tragically hip song wow my favorite one is is probably nautical disaster not even on your <laughs> not even on your top <laughs> 25 <laughs> i love that song yeah. it's just one of those first songs that i ever i ever got a chance to to play live and and sing and watch a crowd and feel the energy oh you're and a musician no I've, oh. I've, I've i've tried to sing no, you I, got I, to watch yeah no do it. yeah gotcha. but I've stood on stage and sang it, but I'm not a musician. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That would be my favorite for sure. How about you? Um, I gun to my head. It's probably Grace too. Yeah. Um, yeah. That song just uh, that was a big moment for me with listening to them, where uh, they, they changed so much, and it was just I was right there with it. I liked how dark and you know kind of trippy it was. It turns into sort of a, a you know it's a Pink Floyd tech territory at the end. There's a huge solo. It's, yeah. I'll never, I don't I'll know. never it catches everything that I love about them. I'll never, every time I hear that song in a good way, I'll always think of Gord. That, that oh yeah, scream. oh yeah, I'll never hear the end you the know? same way. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, I got to go Grace too. Yeah, I'm also a big Fifty Mission Cap because yeah, of the lyric that we talked and that riff. Oh, it's amazing. And then one more for me was um, I was living in Calgary and working uh, in WCW, and I was flying back and forth. And my flights were always so early that I would just basically stay up all night. And there's a guy out of Toronto, we are in Toronto, called Andy Frost. Do you remember that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. This is Andy Frost overnight. <laughs> and it's when Head by a Century first came out. So whenever yeah. I hear that intro, uh, yeah. this, this, this is the tragically hip on you know, late night with Andy Frost. Yeah. And just listen to this. is pretty f- cool. Packing yeah. my bag, getting ready to drive for a, you know, 5 a.m. flight to wherever the hell I was going. Yeah. So those that song too has a special. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, dudes, it's great talking to you, man. And and hopefully, like I said, we were able to to uh, open up the door a little bit for them. It'd be one of those ironic things where they become super. Now they get bigger. I can see it happen. And 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 I hope so because they're too good to be confined to our great country. Well, we want to share this with you just like we shared SCTV and freaking Molson beer and. and You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks so much. 
All right, thanks again to Greg LaGrosse and Jamie Dew, who host the Fully and Completely podcast, which is dedicated to exploring the music, career, legacy, and legend of the Tragically Hip. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, and check it out, and also give the Tragically Hip a chance. They're all over Spotify. Uh, anywhere you go, Tragically Hip uh, uh, playlists, Tragically Hip compilation. Check out Ahead by a Century, and Fully Completely, and 50 Mission Cap, and vaccination scar and uh locked in the trunk of a car and uh, a highway girl and uh, boots and hearts th- three pistols little bones so a grace too so many amazing amazing tunes that are part of canadian uh history part of our canadian dna and uh you give them a chance too on this canada day weekend and give fozzy a chance go to fozzyrock.com for all our upcoming gigs uh fozzy at incarceration on july 12th in mansfield ohio opening two gigs with Nickelback August 27th in Uncasville, Connecticut and uh, August 24th in Atlantic City and our Unleashed in the West tour starts this fall. We're opening for Iron Maiden in Los Angeles on September 14th at the Bank of California Stadium. Uh, so we decided to book a whole tour around it in the West. We're starting on September 5th in Denver. First time in Denver. September 6th, first time in Colorado Springs. September 7th Grand Junction, Colorado. September 8th Salt Lake City, Utah. The 11th is in Crystal Bay, Nevada. The 12th in San Francisco at Slims. September 13th, Sacramento at the Ace of Spades. September 14th, of course, in L.A. 15th, Las Vegas at Counts Vamp. We sold that out last time. September 18th, San Diego at Brick by Brick. September 19th, Tempe at Club Red. Tucson, Arizona on the 20th. 21st in El Paso with Sons of Texas and uh, at Speaking Rock Casino. We love that place there. Kevin Vargas, great guy. September uh, 25th in Dallas at Canton Hall. 26th in Houston. 27th in Hattiesburg and 28th Atlanta, Georgia and Masquerade for the Cage Cult. Jared James Nichols joins us on every show. Uh, FozzyRock.com for all gig and ticket information. You don't want to miss it. Uh, you can also buy tickets to our VIP meet and greet, one of the greatest in the world. We'll play a mini set for you. Get to hang out with us and ask questions and shoot the shit. And just have a good old time with Fozzy. FozzyRock.com. Go check it out and come to the shows. And go check out Chris Jericho. Cruise.com. We are 91% sold out. Less than 100 cabins left. We're getting so close. You guys don't want to miss this. Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part 2. Rick Flair is going to be there. AEW, uh, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, X-Pac, Jake the Snake Roberts, Booker T, MVP, comedians, Bruce Jingles, Sarah Tiana, uh, Brad Williams is going to be there. Uh, we got another uh, uh, Craig Gass we announced today. He's going to be there as well, returning again. Uh, Rubik's Cube is playing. Killer Queen, Fozzie, Dave Svek, Project, Jared James, Nichols, Kickaxe. Uh, my goodness, so many bands coming. Farewell to Fear, Dark Sky Choir, and of course, DDP, Beyond the Darkness, doing... Uh, paranormal crazy stuff lots of cool things happening chris jericho cruise.com do not miss the vacation of a lifetime we're going to sell it out probably in the next month or so i don't want you to miss out i want to see you there all right coming up on wednesday it's more rock and roll belated birthday celebration for sir paul mccartney the fab three me mike portnoy and charlie benanti are reuniting to put together the ultimate beatles reunion set list 40 songs total. It's a fantasy world where all the Beatles are still alive. They decide to reunite and they can play uh, whatever they want to play. But it's a 40 song max 
any song from the Beatles universe. What do you think it's going to be? What closes the show? What opens the show? Our various scenarios for how the fantasy reunion comes together, no pun intended, in the first place. All four Beatles are alive and well in this fantasy world, and they're playing music together for the first time ever since they broke up in 1969. A reunion show to end all reunion shows. What is the set list? Start telling us what you want to hear. Hit me up at Talk is Jericho at I am Jericho uh, and tell us what you want to hear and I'll tell you what it's going to be a great great show we've already recorded it so it's not like uh, you can influence the set list but what would you want to hear on the ultimate Beatles set list Sammy Zane what do you want to hear I'm calling you out I'm asking you right now join the Fab 3 on Wednesday for the Beatles reunion set list have a great weekend until then stay hard stay hungry peace love and hugs and a big yeah boy go listen to the hip my fifth is missing cap cause I worked it in to look like the 